This is Dave, the Lego man, Lacunical superfan, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast. Hi, this is Russ. This is Matt. And you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Coil community. Mike can't be with us this week. He's too busy out enjoying himself. And probably best not to discuss what he's doing. It's all very hush-hush, I'm sure. Um, but, Rush, we're here as... I say as normal, but it's not really normal, is it? Not for us, anyway. It's <laughs> We try to get together as, as often as possible, it but it doesn't always it's like it's the arc. The arc of the triangle is missing. Yes, yes, we are up to episode 140 this week. Ooh. So, irrespective of how challenging it can be for the three of us, like the witches of Macbeth, to come together, um, we've managed to get through 140 episodes, which is not bad. Not bad for a free podcast for Lacuna Core fans all over the world. Right. Come on, I think we deserve a round of applause. Yay. There we go. <laughs> anyway, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right. I'll apologise to uh, all the listeners in advance for my audio quality because I'm still battling the dreaded man flu, um, such as life in the south of England. But um, aside from that, pretty quiet, to be honest. i um, just been chilling out listening to uh, some Lacuna Coil vinyl, in fact, oh. um, just to sort of keep my, keep my uh, head down low. And, um, you know, somewhat refreshed by the recent reissue of Inner Reverie and Coma Lies. So I've uh, been cranking those rather loudly, and uh, they're very nice indeed. Yes, How about indeed. yourself? Yeah, not bad. Uh, not bad. I can't say I've been doing that more is the pity. I've been working. I've been watching a few films. I uh, haven't been playing any games, unfortunately. So I've got, like, PlayStation games just sort of stacking up. And it's weird in the... 21st century you, you know, I, I kind of find myself getting I don't know feeling like I've got I'm getting hobby stress if that makes sense which is all the things that you can do like the books you've got to read and the films you've got to watch and the Netflix series that everybody tells you to watch kind of stack up like a big stress bomb and yes. <laughs> is that weird or is it just me does anybody else suffer from that do you get that I, I don't know no I definitely get that it's like ah oh, too much to do and too little time but exactly. none of it's actually critical or has a deadline it's just it, like ah oh. Yeah, and, and they're all things you're supposed to enjoy. It's like even the enjoyable things in life becomes become a stress. Well, this is it. Prime example, I only got round this, this weekend gone to watching Mr. Robot, and that's been on my list for about four years. I think it came out in 2015. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it goes to show, doesn't it? Well, I've, I've watched the first series of that, and, and again... Second series has been on my list. I don't even know. There might even be a third series for all, and I probably There's is now. There's four, apparently. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> See? I'm so far behind. I watched the first series and thought, this is great. Um, but I have not gone back to it, and it's not because I don't want to. So, yeah, there you go. Just proves our point. I've got at least three, I think actually four, five, four, no, five, shit. Five PlayStation games, which I've not even opened, not installed. They're just sitting there and... And I want to play them, and they're all like really good games. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of books on a variety of different topics, all needing reading. I've got Blu-ray box sets I've not cracked open. I've got Netflix. I've got, I just need to just not do anything else other than do this. Get the board games and the board games. Yeah, I've got a wall full of board games which I need to play. Oh, it's just a nightmare. And <laughs> as I might have mentioned, 
many many months ago i had a like a sabbatical between two careers and you would have thought i would have got that all covered but now i didn't do any of that stuff i was too busy doing other things nightmare what a nightmare anyway anyway that's not what this is about i'm sure we can wax lyrical about that for a very long time but we're not going to do it uh, this is the empty spiral podcast and uh, this is all about lacuna coil uh, who a bit of I'll say a bit of a break, but of course the end of January they're they're on tour again. So it's only a short break over Christmas and I'm sure they're spending time with time with loved ones and uh getting ready to go out and tour again once more and uh, keep coilers all over the world entertained. In our last episode, uh, for those of you who heard it, we completed the three part interview with uh, Marco from Lacuna Core talking about um, Black Anima. One thing I forgot to mention at the end of the interview there was actually a break in that interview. Um, you can recognize it because this is like a sound change. Uh, don't worry, you didn't miss any great any content of any kind. You know, we just ca- carried on. But it did create a bit of a kind of conversation break. And I think in hindsight, we probably missed a few bits out in terms of I didn't ask him a few specific things that I might have otherwise asked him. So it gives me a chance to catch up with Marco again at some stage and fill in those gaps. But uh, yeah, it all came about because he was late for a meet and greet. So we had to sort of restart the interview the next day and sort of pick up where we get where we left off. So you can definitely tell the 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 sound change there we are. I tried to make it as seamless as possible but it's not always not always easy so there you go just thought I'd let everybody know in case you're worried that we were chopping things about and uh, or it was your sound going or something but there we go yes so on the uh, the subject of fandom I think it's fair to say not that we are elitist definitely not elitist but there are fans and there are super fans. And we're joined on the podcast this week in an interview with our friend Dave in the UK, who I think by his own admission is definitely a, a super fan. Um, I'm not going to give him any more intro than that, other than to say that our interview, which is a very long interview, so you know, I hope you're sitting comfortably or you've got a long drive ahead of you, talks about 2019. What could be described by him at least, and certainly I, I, I also feel this is true, as a perfect year um, for a super fan like Dave and Lacuna Coil. He's got a, a journey that he wants to talk about, um, and it's absolutely fascinating. So let's find out what Dave, the super fan, has to say about Lacuna Coil and 2019. Welcome, Dave, to the Empty Spiral Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm very good. I'm very good. Still buzzing from last year. Oh, the tour. So, what you you did the tour in what the UK? Um, I was hoping to do um, multiple dates, um, but in actual fact, I only end up just doing the London show. Um, but uh, the the whole thing was so hugely impressive. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm still reeling from the uh, from the aftermath. Us. <laughs> I say you've not gone into the the, the horrible depressing the, the I should say depression that I always go through when I get to the end of a tour. Then you're, you're still buzzing, you're in a positive space right now. Absolutely, I'll be on a high for a while. I should think <laughs> we kind of leaped into um, the most recent events, but let's sort of let's, let's go back in time a little bit, for, shall we? So, um, how did you get into Lacuna Coil? 
Oh, right. Uh, this is going back to 2001. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. So I believe that was before you. It was. Yeah. Thanks for so, pointing that out. All right. <laughs> You're making me sound like a noob already. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> but by about a year and a half, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Unleashed Memories. Um, and uh, I, I'm thinking back even further than that. Um, I reckon it must have been about 99. There was a free track on uh, one of the Metal Hammer compilation CDs they give away with the magazines. Uh-huh. Um, from memory, and this is stretching things, I think it was Veins of Glass. Um, okay. And so well, I heard yeah. that at some point back in the day. Um, and honestly, I have to be completely honest, didn't really think much of it because it's just washed over me at the time. And it was only when, um, a couple of years later, they got, uh, the band started getting featured more in, um, like, Kerrang! and Metal Hammer, especially. Um, and the same thing, okay, pricked up my ears a little bit more, and this was a, a Unleashed Memories, and um, just went out and bought the album on a whim. And um, first few seconds, Air of a Dying Day, that was it, I was hooked. That sounds like a very familiar story. In my own experience, yeah. What I've always called my musical epiphany. So Absolutely. that was... <laughs> so, okay, so what happened after that then? Did you immediately start touring or, you know, going to see them in shows or, you know, was it picking up other albums? Yeah, it was albums start with. Obviously, um, went back and got the first album, um, the EP, um, and then um, around the same kind of time for, you know, for Half-Life as well. Um, but shows wise, because, um, they basically did, uh, one London show per year. Well, that's what it seems like anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, pretty much right. Yeah. Very difficult to get to. Uh, at the time, um, I was, uh, uh, a new father. So, um, cause my daughter was born in 2000. Um, so getting out to, to shows was a bit more tricky. Um, very much a family man. So local shows was was basically it i had a range and um london didn't really fall into it very easily mm-hmm. so, i totally sympathize with you bloody children getting in the way of our <laughs> fandom yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no so it was, it was actually a few years before i got seen it was their first full uk tour 2005 um mm-hmm. and that's when i start. that's when i picked them up and um wolverhampton was the first one and um yeah rather magical moment again there bit of a game changer because seeing them live it does change your perception of a band um you can love them when they're on record but once you see them live it's a different kind of experience and you get a different kind of connection um so again that was it that was me ramped up another level proper super fan at that point now i know know from knowing that you're a you know you're a bit of a metalhead or at least you have a very large musical collection and you you listen to a lot of different things and i get the impression that you you've seen quite a few bands live you you're putting about connecting with with the Kunikol, is that unique to them or is that something that you see in a lot of bands and all it does is is take a you know a, a great band to an amazing band if they've got a really good live performance to so say is that is that something that is different about this band do you think uh, yeah, and I think it's um, <clears throat> there are there have been other bands that obviously change um, in my view of them once I've seen them live. And yes, they a good performance and a good live band can really make a difference between thinking, well, they're okay, to yes, I really like them. And yeah, well, I've got um, well, I'm well over 500 gigs that I've seen um, 
over the years. And <laughs> you've not let being a father slow you down that much, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I do try and keep a fairly sensible balance, but yeah, okay. <laughs> it's an addiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, you were saying. So, yes, yeah, so a few of the bands I've seen that um, I've obviously got a, perhaps more of a stronger connection with, but no, nothing like Lacuna's Coil at all. I mean, they are... Um, I, I, don't, I can't quite explain it. It is the X factor um, that you can either get that deeper connection um, or you don't. And they are the only band who's ever done that. Yeah. I mean, preaching to the converted, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. Um, I've got, I've not certainly not seen as many gigs as you have by a very, very wide, uh, wide factor margin, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I kind of feel that this is going to sound maybe weird, uh, maybe not weird to you anyway, maybe weird to others, but I, I love a lot of other bands, but I I only really feel going to see a Lacuna Core show is just like another level for me. It always has been, and it kind of I, it makes me feel a little I don't, I don't know. It just spoils me too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you go and see another band, you're like, yeah, it was good, and it was really good, but it it, it, it wasn't them. Put, it wasn't them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so it's cool that they've got that effect on you. So you talked about fandom. So. Are you saying that up to 2005 you were a fan and then you became a super fan or how has that journey evolved for you? Yeah, I mean, that was the tipping point. I mean, it was um, the case of, you know, I always played the albums over and over and as soon as um, Comalize got released, um, <clears throat> I was there, you know, poised and ready and waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get the deluxe box sets and all the singles that get released and uh, collecting the press clippings, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, dedicated fan by that point. But as soon as that first tour um, kicked in and they were, you know, okay, we recognise the UK and we're popular enough to, to, you know, traverse the country a bit more. Um, it is, it is. it's just a different kind of level. It goes up that one notch. Um, and playing Comalize over and over again, pretty much on repeat, you suddenly realise, hang on a minute, I'm doing this every day. This is like compulsion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does become a bit of an oxygen drug, doesn't it? I, I've, I've, I felt that. I mean, I, I'm not going to do it now, but I've, I've got one of those echoes. And if I was to use the A word, I better not, better not say her name because she'll start doing it. And I, I just say, you know, A start, and she just starts my Spotify playlist, and it's always basically just the Kuna Coil. So I get to just listen to it over and over and over again, um, and that's that's yeah, it's fantastic. And I found that there's a song for every kind of emotion or every kind of feeling, no matter what mood I'm in. There's always yeah, a Lacuna Core song that matches it. Well, yeah, this is it. Um, <clears throat> you're saying about liking, I do like a lot of different kinds of um, bands. I mean, it's mostly sort of in the metal world, um, but it's still quite a range. Um, but I think the reason that Lacuna Core is special, or one of the many reasons, um, is they do have such a vast range and it's not... Um, restricted to one type they're not exactly acdc no no that's true that's true very diverse i mean i i actually think that you in the media i mean looking at as you would know as you say you you would pick um with the media and the magazine cuttings and clippings and so forth uh, it's always been interesting to see how the the music press categorizes them 
you know, era. They go for rock metal, gothic rock metal, female fronted metal, oh, this rail, that rail. <laughs> female fronted metal. That, that what is that? Because they yeah. to suddenly lump them in together with bands, some, someone like um, you know, for fans of, and they quote anyone random from you know Nightwish. Well, in my view, they don't sound like Nightwish. No, no. You know, they've got more in common with Corn. Of course, they wouldn't relate those two bands because they no. said it's all female fronted. Yeah, absolute rot. Yeah, and actually, I don't know if you saw it, but I think it was Loud.com or Loud.com recently put an article out using the female fronted Metal Dead. And I, I saw that as a kind of a, you know, a, a line, a, almost clickbait. I thought, I'd better check this out and see what they're saying. But of course, the article that I thought was quite interesting, it was like, let's stop calling it female fronted metal. That's just wrong it's just metal now we we shouldn't be recognizing this as a separate genre of music at all otherwise we need to go yeah this is male fronted metal (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean it's like why is why gender shouldn't should not come into this at all okay so um obviously i don't even need to say this but you've got all the music lacuna coil have um ever brought out no doubt do you have a favorite album favorite track you know what's that that is there a go-to song after all this time yeah i mean it's it's going to be unleashed memories because of um that being what i class as ground zero yeah um so as an album that that would be it it's always going back to that one um song wise i mean it's very tempting to say air of a dying day because it was really the first song i heard and it was that book um that instantly got me um i mean there are so many good songs and i think i think my mind changes very regularly um, but mm. I have to be honest, I think House of Shame has stuck for quite some time. Um, mm. It's an absolute monster. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I I remember the first time hearing that, and yeah, it's like, boom. You feel like it's one of those, you know, the Aphex Twin, where they got, they're shouting into the, that little old lady and her head's getting blown backwards. To be, and I was like, that's, that was what... Yeah. <laughs> house of shame was for me um my only concern and it's the concern is that um there's so many great songs off the new album that i hope the house of shame has the kind of resilience in the playlist that say heaven's a lie has or or um i don't know trip of darkness or you know those kind of those those songs that we know we're going to hear again, and I hope it doesn't get relegated to say the, the B list of songs that might come out once in a while. That, that's my hope because it is a classic. Well, in my opinion, it's a classic Laguna Golf song. I'm totally there as well. I mean, it's been a it's been interesting watching the set lists over the years and how they do evolve and change. Um, it's very easy to say they don't change set lists a lot. So, you know, well, they always play the same old songs. But looking back, I do keep a note of you know the gigs I've been to, people the set lists. Hmm. And um, have a look back now and again. They do change rather dramatically. Um, it's quite surprising, actually, in some of the songs that do sort of fall by the wayside without you even realising it. Um, something like um, Survive, when mm. that came out, I thought that was a really strong song. Yeah, me um, too. But then it kind of disappeared fairly quickly. Very true. Very true. I mean, I, 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 there's another song that I think live um, is far better than the album i like it on the album but i love it live and that's fragments of faith i think it's one of those songs that when i heard it on karma code it was like that's a good song i like that song when i hear it live it just takes it to another level and i really wish i'd hit i could hear that again some someday soon you know that'd be amazing to hear that but yeah, yeah. i totally get what you're saying 
So um, you talked about 2019 and, you know, really in from the tour, but I know that a lot of things happened for you, Lacuna Core, while I was in 2019. Would you be be prepared to maybe share a little bit of a kind of a 2019 Dave and Lacuna diary, maybe, (laughs) or something like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was spectacular. (laughs) All right, well, you've built it up. Come on in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, previous years, years, I mean, it's, it's, there's always been something going on. Um, whether it's the um, album release or the tour or maybe just sort of a, um, an extra single or something. So, you know, there's, there's never been a dull year in terms of um, coil activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, last year it was, uh, it just went off the charts. Um, and um, I think it was like, if you had to say a perfect year, that was it. So whether it can be bettered it remains to be seen, but um it was, um, we had the, um, I suppose it was for the 119 day, which is sort of an annual event now, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah, and it will continue to be so as long as I can keep it that way. <laughs> so in January, kids, for that, I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a little sort of um, home celebration. And the uh, the art prints that Mackie did that came with the book mm. in the special edition, uh, I decided to actually do something with them rather than keep them boxed up, which is it's always a lazy temptation to leave box sets as they are so if you get mm. in them they stay in them on a shelf and never seen again i thought well got these prints out because they are really good um got some decent frames and um put them out on the uh, the landing at home so i've got my own little mackie gallery which i've got one like that yeah <laughs> a year off to, to a good start um, and it was around that time when I was sort of opening up the, the, the book and looking at box sets and things. And it's like, actually, I've got quite a bit of stuff here. You know, you suddenly realise that how all these years of collecting um, that's in amongst my shelves, which is a sizable collection generally, but mm. um, never really sort of put together. So um, just out of interest, um, I did. I just got everything Lacuna Core related, um, spread them out all over my study, and it was sizable, <laughs> rather scary, actually. Yes, you get. It, it was it in the I'm proud of this with mixed it with, oh my god, that's slightly crazy. Or had you gone beyond pride to the oh my god, I need to be put inside. This is just mental. Because I, yeah. I kind of st- I go I sway back and forth myself when I get my whole collection out. Oh, this is just crazy. What am I doing? This is just mental. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything about well, it. But there, there was a little bit of, of worry, um, more to the point that because uh, um, obviously then my wife came in and says, "Hmm, so how much have we spent on this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, we we don't have those kind of conversations, do we? That's that, there's a reason that fan is short for fanatic, right? Um, yep. Yeah, it's just yeah, exactly, yeah. So what happened after that then? So you, you got all this stuff out and you put it out and yeah, well it was um, there was two two reasons for doing this. Obviously for for me and for the interest of you know getting it together for the first time and seeing it, um, but it was also um, something that my daughter saw um, online. It was a um, I think it was social media it must have been Facebook post that basically said, "Are you a super fan? You know, show us." pictures of your collection and this was specifically for metal fans in the midlands so uh i used this 
picture that I took of uh, my coil collection um, and uh, sent it over to it and say, what, something like this, you mean? You know, the mad fanatic. Mm. Um, and I got contacted by it's uh, an organisation called Home of Metal, right. which is Midlands-based, um, and they basically celebrate Birmingham being the birthplace of heavy metal. And they've had um, plenty of events over the years, like uh, art exhibitions and, uh, and what have you. Um, and they're very active in um, essentially making it a tourist attraction, um, you know, advertising to the world, coming to the Midlands, it's where metal come, came from. Right. And they contacted me and said, yep, that's a fairly stupendous collection. Can we come and have a look at it? Because we might be interested in doing something with it. Um, so I got a call from the uh, from a, from an artist called Alan Kane um, and uh, representatives of the, uh, um, the Walsall Art Gallery. And they came over and uh, had a look around um, what I call my studies, the like man cave, basically, you know, mm-hmm. my collection. And um, they said, this is, you know, it's brilliant. It's what we kind of envisage um, a mad fan to be like. And not be- <laughs> Tick. <laughs> I've met your expectation or exceeded it. Fantastic. Right. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's either a really good compliment or a, a horrific um <laughs> I, I heard compliments. So <laughs> yeah, it's probably the healthy way to look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they said, look, we're we're putting together an exhibition as part of um, with Home of Metal as part of um, uh, like a summer of events. Um, the their flagship um, event being the uh, um, Black Sabbath um, Museum and exhibition at, uh, um, at the Birmingham Museum. Right. Um, but there's a few satellite events as well. And one of these was at the Walsall Art Gallery. It said we're um, the artist putting together an exhibition and it includes fan bedrooms. Um, okay. So would you like to be one? So I said, yep, of course I would. <laughs> Make it so. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it was uh, such a unique opportunity. Um, it's, mm. it's, the one kind of thing, it's the kind of thing you can't turn down. So it's a, it's a wonderful experience, really was. But more than anything, um, it was a good excuse to get Mackie in an art gallery. Yes, indeed, indeed it was. So they transported your man cave, your your collection, to the Warsaw Art Gallery and replicated it. You know, I, I understand there's quite a lot of logistics involved. Yeah, yeah, it was a very big uh, moving truck that uh, that rolled up. Um, I had to. Um, pack up in about oh, was close to a hundred crates. I think there was um, every single, you know, CD seven inch um, scrapbook, whatever I had in the whole room, um, itemize it, pack it all up, load it onto the truck. And then the furniture as well, all the wall fittings, the shelves, the whole, whole caboodle. Um, and they um, measured up the size of the room and rebuilt it in the art gallery. So then I could restock it when we got there, the other end. So it was about, um, three days takedown, three days installation, and in reverse when we packed up to bring it home. I think if if that doesn't prove you as a super fan, I don't know what does, because I mean, as, as big as my Lacuna Core collection might be, and I know it wasn't just that, it was your entire room of all your collection of all your different bands and your CDs and your t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. 
Um, I'm not quite sure I would have you know, spent three days um, or six days plus transport kind of making that all happen. I've been like, well, you can take that stuff, but you're not you're not removing all my furniture or taking all of my stuff and making me bring it all back again. But the fact that you did it, I just it, it just blows me away. Um, as anybody who knows Empty Spiral will know, um, we reported this at the time. And it was there was this kind of serendipitous event where I happened to be driving back down from Scotland, and you said, "Hey, look, we're going to be there." So I sort of swung to the art gallery, and, and that was on the Friday, I think it was. Was it on Friday afternoon? It, the night, yes, yeah, yeah. And we kind of um, rocked up, looked in, and went, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" Um, and then we gold of Mackie on WhatsApp and I kind of went, Hey, check this out. And he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. A virtual walk around. He just couldn't believe it. Um, and that was, I mean, it's amazing, but let's, let's talk about another aspect then. So prior to that, we'd seen Instagram posts of a, of the one nineteen show, hadn't we? In a, in a unique <laughs> yes. way. So, let's let's talk about your construction skills, and I don't mean about re- replicating your room in an art gallery. Yeah, well, okay. I've always had a little bit of passion for Lego as well. Well, it's the best toy in the world. It, of course, it's not a toy. It's an art. I, I'm, form. I'm sorry. It's the best art form in the world. It's the, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best construction. Yes, art. it is now. Yeah. I'm an adult anyway, so. Uh... It's all right. It's all right. It's it's. Um, it's 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 a toy for everybody from um, eight months to eighty, and cats as well. Apparently, according to my kittens. But anyway, moving on. So, yeah. So, so what happened there then? Yeah. Well, this um, way back on the for the actual one nineteen show, um, I've uh, I built the band um, mini Lego sets um, with you know represents representations of themselves on like, yeah. a mini stage with a logo in the background. Um, which I took to the meet and greet and, and handed over to them, which they um, seemed to like a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was that kind of time that I picked up just how into Lego um, Christina and Mackie were, which I hadn't mm-hmm. really appreciated before. So that was really, really nice. It's like fellow building buddies. It's with, it's with <laughs> That's fellow building buddies. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but I took some blank um, bricks as well for all the band to sign. Because um, I had in back in in the back of my mind a, a, an extra project for the future, so I had these signed bricks now, and um, I was thinking about doing a, a stage set um, previous to this, and I think that's why I had these bricks done. So I think incorporate them into the build um, mm. after the one nineteen show. It was such a fantastic event, um, such a huge deal, and the stage was obviously a unique setup, and it was really visually important yes definitely that cemented is right i'm going to build this i can see the stage in lego it will work mm. so that was it and I, uh, I was going to do it straight away and then um, sort of life got in the way and it took me <laughs> pretty much a full year to get around to doing it um and then yes yeah, so i early so early 2019 finally get finished and um announced to the world and said have a look at this. It's a bit of a bit of fun, and um, they seem to certainly like it. So, um, this this particular diorama of the one nineteen show ended up in a cabinet in the the Warsaw Gallery as part of the, your your room, right? Pride of place, yes, yes, yes. 
And uh, I took a few photos of, of the room itself you know, and some close-ups of this because I'd seen it on Instagram. You'd posted it on Instagram and I was, like, I was blown away by it. But to see it, even though it was, it was still a pane of glass between me and it, so there was no touchy-touchy, Matt. Um, but I, I, got to, I took some pictures of it. And one of the things I was doing, I was talking to the, the guys at, uh, at Century Media, Sony, um, Sony Music, about this because I, you know, I thought this was a significant thing. Um, yeah, you, you as a super fan and the and the gallery collection, I thought they need to know about this. So I forwarded it over to my contacts over there, and again they were like, "Wow, this is brilliant!" You know, firstly the size of the collection, um, which I just didn't anticipate that someone would have such so much stuff, uh, but also the the Lego diorama and and what at that point, um, the guy who hadn't remembered your name went. Oh yeah, I remember. He's the Lego guy, <laughs> and and then that kind of oh yeah yeah that's that's him. that's Dave the Lego man because because that was what this little bit of sort of fame into this thing you constructed or this thing you constructed I should say generated this little bit of fame to century media like oh yeah he's a Lego guy this is awesome yeah a persona <laughs> and that kind of well let's continue the rest of the story then through two thousand and nineteen what else has happened. Because there's, there's more to come when it comes to Lego, isn't there? Oh yes, yes. The Lego doesn't uh, doesn't disappear. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, obviously that was um, that took us through best part of the summer um, with the exhibition and uh, showing it off to as many people as possible. Um, and um, I was uh, I, I did a tinkering around with um, well, was not quite graphic design. It was more doodles um, and uh, designed um, some little circle-based um, icons, I suppose, based uh, as a simplified version of the stage makeup for each yeah. of the members. And um, thought, yeah, that was, was a nice little uh, extra. So I started making um, badges and key rings as well um, out of that because they seem to fit fit the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then we're suddenly, finally getting new music. Oh, you know, yes. The UK tour was announced, so we've got, you know, that's in the diary, tickets bought, all the uh, um, the prep, the revision underway, and, um, you know, the big excitement to look forward to. It's not end of the year, but it'll soon come around. Mm-hmm. And then the new music, Layers of Time, gets released, and, you know, things are starting to really pick up pace, bearing in mind it's been a busy year already. Yes. But now we've actually got new songs, and, you know, Layers of Time, it's a similar kind of thing to when House of Shame came out, it was a hard hitting. It was a real oomph as a first listen, first release. It was, it was huge again. So, you know, things bode well. Um, and then they kind of almost break the flow by re-releasing the Inner Reverie and the Comalize and having some vinyl reissues. Mm. Um, I'm not sure where that came from, whether that was um, deliberate to kind of keep momentum going um, or whether just a bit short cash. Um, uh, I, I, it was, as I understand it, it was actually nothing to do with them. It became it was, it was the record label. I think is probably the former in that they wanted to keep them, you know, on the covers of magazines or keep the, at least keep the distributors aware of them. So when it came to distributing Black Anima later, people were aware of 
who they were. Yeah. Um, I still, I still wonder. You know, I'm still waiting for a repress of Unleashed Memories. Um, to be honest, that's the that's still the aside from the pitch disc. That's the gap in my collection that I need to close down. I need I need something new, and I need that now. Um, and I'm not the only one. Um, no, so I'm yeah, yeah. So so we we and this seems to be. And, and I'm I'll reserve judgment wholly on this. This the the new thing is how many different colours can we bring out of vinyls, right? Well, it's just, so. it's just, it's just to cripple people like me. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> eight different vinyl colour covers. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I, I'm, I'm the same way. In fact, recently, what was I looking at? I was looking at my delirium. I was, I was looking through my vinyls and I went, just blank. My mind went blank. I go, why have I got all these versions of delirium? Because like, well, they all look the same from the outside. And I thought, oh, yeah, they're all different colours, aren't they? Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm now already seeing that with, um, with Black Anima. But of course, we got, was it two different versions of Inner Reverie and two different versions of Chimalize? Or was it more? Four. I can't remember. Four. Oh, there you go. See, you know more than I do on this. It's just crazy. I've got a feeling there's even a couple of colours that I didn't get the US only. Um, and I still haven't tracked those down. So there's probably more like six of each. I, it, there must be some technical revolution in vinyl pressing now where they can do heavyweight vinyls, just chuck a, a splash of paint in. It doesn't cost them anything. So, you know, we, we're going to get 256 color you know, Panatone or, or you know, 15, 16 million color um, vinyls soon. Yeah, we, I mean, it's just got crazy, isn't it? it it's just, but what I will say, though, is I... And I've said this to to Marco when I spoke to him over the tour. I still think that the maybe it's just me, maybe maybe it's a, you know, a placebo or something. But I I think the especially the Inner Reverie vinyl that album has not ever sounded better in my opinion. I, I played it and I went, wow. I don't know what it was. I, I, it'd be easy for me to say this is just a digital reprint and it's just my mind, but it just sounds amazing when I listen to it on vinyl. That album. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit funny with this whole um, thing. Sound different um, when you've got a needle playing it. Mm. Is a, um, I I don't know. I um, it probably helps if you've got a really good stereo, and you can actually tell the difference. And it certainly sounds a bit more earthy. Yeah. And I think for people, I don't want to sort of um, speak for you, but people like ourselves who maybe grew up more with vinyl. Hmm. It's that um, harking back. To- you saying that I'm old, right? You're saying that I'm old. I think I saw you I- did that. No, that's, really- <laughs> that's right. You, you're allowed to say that. Perhaps we are of a certain age. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, is it um, is it a youth connection um, that makes? Oh, I remember when things used to sound a bit more, um, you know, I say earthy. Um, hmm. There is a, a depth, perhaps, to the sound. Um, but I don't know whether I would say it's better or worse. Um, I okay. think just a little bit different. Okay. I see. I got out of vinyls for a very long time. I've got, you know, a, a somewhere in my house and my house is full of clutter. Um, there are vinyls from the seventies and eighties and then in the nineties CDs came out and I kind of ditched vinyl for, <laughs> for, for about two and a half decades. And then it was only in the last five years that, I started buying them again and start and bought another, you know, record deck so that I could actually play them again. Um, and one thing that I realized when I started playing vinyl again, I'm sorry, we're not talking about looking at call here. Though, this is just sort of generally, I, although I will say it was probably picking up the vinyl to karma code. Um, that made me think maybe I ought to start being able to play these things that I'm buying. Anyway. So I, I, 
I started listening to these. And one thing I realized that I had completely forgotten is that when you're playing a vinyl, you're kind of constrained in some respects as to how you listen to the music. You know, you a you've got to be near your vinyl player. Well, that's a given, right? You've got to be right record deck. You, it's, you know, to this day, we've not had that much success in portable record players that you can jog around with. Um, and on top, top of that, unless you're really clever and very brave, you tend not to airdrop your needle onto a specific track. On the, you know, you'll play it from the beginning through to the end of that side. So you, you might ditch it the last song, so you might end up playing the first song 20 times and then the second song 10 times or whatever. But generally speaking, I find anyway that I will listen to the whole first, to the al- first um, half of the album. And then there's that, you know, that thing you need to do where you need to, it, it gets to the end and goes... And you have to take it off and turn yeah. it over and put it back on and listen to the second half. First time I did this, my daughter was like mouth jaw on the floor going, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> she listens to music in single tracks, right? She barely listens to an album. She's just got individual songs that she likes. So she doesn't even respect the construct of an album, even in CD form. So the very notion you have to stop, walk over to the record player, pick it up and turn over the record and start again was just like an alien concept to her when she first saw it. Um, is that anything you've kind of witnessed or seen? I mean, I, I'm guessing you've probably didn't have the kind of break in vinyl listening that I did. Have you always listened to vinyls or? Yeah. Yeah. I've always had a mix. I mean, cassettes as well. I, I tend to pick up um, anything as I see it, as it happens. So if, um, if it's cheaper on vinyl, then I'll get it on that. If it's more deluxe box set on vinyl, I'll get that. If mm. it's standard thing, I'll perhaps just get the CD. Um, so I, I chop and change um, as as things happen, as they unfold naturally. So I've never stopped in one particular format. Um, I've always right. everything all of the go all at the same time. Um, but I do take what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it's very true that you're almost forced to appreciate the full album hmm. uh, because of the method of listening to it. That is true. Yeah, and on, on the subject of vinyl, one of the things that I again my relative naivety when it comes to the format of vinyl uh meant that when i interviewed marco which has been the last couple of podcasts one of the things he said about the length of the album and the cutting of tracks you know he he said one of the reasons for that is they need to get it to a length where they can put it on a single vinyl right Mm. so you know so yes as much as they might have recorded 15 tracks they weren't going to squeeze them all onto one vinyl um, and they didn't, and I, I, not that I asked the question, but a double album was not something that, that I guess was on the agenda. So Does that's that kind of like a prog band. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, careful, they've already started to get sort of themes to their album, but you know, yeah, they're not concept albums, I've been told quite tersely. Not on a concept album, but there is a concept to it, but it's not a concept album. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me, <laughs> it made me realize that. All right, so, so vinyls came out. Um, we we got layers of time, and then what happens? Um, then, well, it's the uh, the listening party, the the London Dungeon event. Oh yes, indeed, that was a bit of a special one. That, that was uh, it was really good. Yeah, so go on. So well, yeah, I was, well, obviously, uh, as soon as you hear about this, like, right, I'm, I shall be poised by the uh, computer and refresh button and get tickets for this. Um, mm. Failed dismally. I think I have a very slow refresh button, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, even tickets sold. Well, um, so I was in. I was involved. No, this is a little, a, 
a little public secret. Um, I was involved in working on the idea as to how that was going to happen. I didn't, you know, I wasn't involved in arranging it, but I was speaking to to Sony to to Century Media about how this should work and how we should get people there. And um, so they said to me, right, okay, we're going to. It was sponsored by Metal Hammer and the London Dungeon. London Dungeon are really keen to in, encourage more kind of corporate events for a lot younger crowd, so it was working for them. So they were happy to, you know, to to make it a charity event, which really helped us because we don't need to, we, we don't need to charge people anything more than a, t- a small amount of money, which is going to go to charity, which is great. Um, and then Metal Hammer thought it was a great event because it's because it sort of focuses on, um, you know, the current darlings of Lacuna Coil in preparation for the album release. So it kind of, it, it was, it was serendipity again, all these things kind of came together and they said, right, okay, we're going to send out the link uh, at this time, uh, which can be published everywhere. And I was like, cool all right so they sent out the link and i got it clicked on it and it was sold out and this was an email that was sent to me at the time they were releasing it so they didn't they didn't say we're going to click on you know send the link 10 minutes before get ready and just press refresh it's literally the time that they'd sent the email out to me to promote it it had already gone yeah, and it was like it was just crazy, and of course it was. I mean, we're talking what there were forty five, fifty fans there, something like that. So it was a very, very small event. Okay, yeah. so you know, yes, it's dramatic to say we sold it out, but you know, it's with such a small crowd, um, it, it would be. I would have been surprised had it been not been. I should say, but anyway, you managed Probably. to get there. Yes. And it was a unique event, I think. I've never seen anything like that before. No, no. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting concept and um, not an obvious melding of, you know, metal band and um, tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think it's a good pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, free free drinks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a nice, uh, um, uh, a bit of... Um, I don't know how you describe the actual event with all the the different sort of um, rooms and uh, entertainment we had in the bar as well with uh, um, the the actors sort of yes. milling around. Um, it was it was all very strange, different, surreal, surreal, yeah, <laughs> surreal, <to be> <laughs> yeah. But uh, ultimately, it worked. It, it was it was good, different but good. Hmm. And of course, the the the, the climax, of course, was everybody in a room and. And we we get Andrea and Christina there, um, and if you're really unlucky, they jumped out on you while you were walking around the place. Uh, yeah, jumped out on, uh, but, um, uh, as I've heard the uh, the actual soundbite, they they got you good and proper. Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, and the the funny thing about that, I probably explained it before on a, on a podcast, is that uh, we came out the the last event. Not that we knew it was the last event. You know, the last thing you it's just if you don't know the london dungeons clearly you do dave but people listening um there's a series of rooms and then a passageway that connects from one room to the next kind of thing so we came out of the last one and i, I was near the front because i was one of the last ones into the room and then you kind of file out the way you came in in this particular room i think or i just ended up being one of the first out so i wasn't the guy at the front i was behind another fan and um he kind of looked at me and kind of sort of shoved me, go, no, you can go first, because it was quite dark. And I'm like, all right, okay. I, I, 
I jump easily. If it, you know, I, a, a jump scare in a film, my wife laughs. I jump. I, I hit my head on the ceiling. It's hilarious for her and it annoys me. So I do jump scare, but I don't scare. If you see what I mean, you know, yep. it's, it's just a shock thing. So I'm walking along, and I walk around a corner, and suddenly, what looks like just a sort of a figure in a cloak, sort of goes rah jumps out and i go whoa hello kind of thing jumping back in the, in the way that i do and, I, and i'm a west london boy so it's quite lucky that i didn't just strike out violently kind of thing uh, and then the person laughed and then i realized it was christina and i went oh what are the chances uh, and she didn't because she said she was in one of those doctor's plague masks things you know they've got the little like a beak thing so she couldn't see who it was she just saw movement and kind of went rah and of course she happened to be me and i'm like oh for god's sake so yeah, that was a bit of a funny event. But yeah, we got to yeah, they did a short interview and then we got the album. Yeah, the album listening. And yeah. again, crazy, crazy, really, really good way of of um experiencing it, I think. Yeah, um it was kind of the you going back to the saying forcing yourself to listen to the album as a whole on vinyl. Um and it was like that because you're in this room with just the album. For mm. and so you're, you're concentrating you're actually taking it in it's always difficult on a first listen with anything um, unless it's completely disposable um, you know the sort of instant pop song or something yeah it takes you a few listens to get into it to appreciate it properly at least it should do that's what yes. prop music should do it shouldn't be that instant so it's gonna I knew it was gonna be difficult um, to try and absorb as much as possible um, and you know, it's, um, a, you try and sort of close your, close your eyes and really sort of focus into it and get and there was the, and there was noise in the room, wasn't there? There was other people, there was conversation going on, which I, which was a bit distracting. I find so it wasn't a perfect listening for me. when I, when I listen to Lacuna Call, especially of all the bands I listen to, I want to be in a dark room with my eyes closed and just focus solely on the music. So it was quite hard. I, I, I saw you and I'm uh, heads on my temples looking like I'm probably sort of nurturing a headache because my eyes are closed and I'm kind of shut, trying to shut out the rest of the room. But sorry, yeah, that, that was kind of my experience of it. Yeah, very, very much similar. It was, you know, I did, I was aware of people sort of chatting and thinking, well, you know, how, how can you take any of this in? How can yeah. you, while you're, you're talking about something else? Um, but no, I did try and sort of uh, put my blinkers on and, uh, and really sort of zone in as much as possible. Um, so we made a few notes, um, actually, at the time, <clears throat> with um, just initial knee-jerk re- thoughts, you know, instant reactions on what we thought of the songs, first listen in, and there was just, you know, sort of one-word things like, oh, this is a, an obvious single, or this sounds like an intro, I bet they won't play it live, that kind of thing. Mm. Interesting. Later on, once you, you know, once the album had a full release and we're listening to it again and again, we'll look back at these notes and um, trying to compare them and match them up. And um, not an awful lot makes that much sense, which kind of, <laughs> it, it kind of reinforces that you can't do it on first listen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I t- totally get that. But it was a great event, wasn't it? It really was a great event. Amazing, amazing opportunity just to hear it that you know that early, you know, yeah. be the one of the first people. So it was, it was fantastic. I, I just love how personable they are about it. You know, the fact that they they came over and they they were there, and you could chat with them afterwards, and they were happy to have their pictures taken, and it was just like, yeah. 
It just it just adds a, another dimension, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, that was um, obviously when we, we queued up um, to to have the, uh, the photo afterwards um, uh, after the, the listening on the way home, and um, it was sort of queued up with everyone else, and they were there just chatting to to all of us. Um, like I say, just like a friend. Yeah. It, it's not this, they're not these unapproachable superstars. Um, they really, really are um, <clears throat> pleased to meet you. You know, they're, they're fully um, on hand, you know, reachable and um, human. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's one of those unique things. I don't, I'd like to think it's not unique. But it's, it's certainly the, the thing about the Kunikoi and everybody in it is at no point do they ever take for granted the impact of the, every single person that's attended a concert, bought a T-shirt, bought an album, or done many of those things over and over again, travels any length of distance to see them, supports them, talks about them on social media, essentially provides any level of fandom or support to them. Never take that for granted. And you know, they wholly recognise, the humblest people, they recognise that every single person has contributed to them being able to continue to do the thing they love. And yeah, think, that is so strong. It, yeah. Even beyond that, and this um, comes into play later in the, um, later in the year as well, but this, at the dungeon meeting um, beyond um, appreciating fans, I think they have the ability to make you feel special. They are the special ones as far as you, we're concerned, but they turn it around as soon as you meet them and they make you feel the, the guest of honour. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, you know, no one's ever quite put it like that before, but you've, you've just hit the nail on the head. You absolutely have. And that's kind of going to answer a question which is going to come right at the end of this conversation, but we'll go back to that. Anyway, so we're still in 2019 and we've not even yeah. got to the show, so... <laughs> it's still the dungeon. We can go back to the, so, um, the dungeon part. Um, one of the things, uh, sort of reinforcing what we just said about making feel special, um, obviously when I came up to... I had my photo taken and uh, um, you, you pointed out to... Uh, Mr. Century Media himself. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 to your namesake, David Century Media. So you should have remembered your name, to be fair. It's like, I think we'd, we'd so much painted you as a superhero Lego man by then. He was ready to give you a cape. But anyway, you were saying. So. Well, he pretty much did. That was it. it was, you know, this, this is Lego guy. And um, he just, he, he, I think he pretty much um, uh, was grovelling at my feet, you know. Um, <laughs> Gave me a round of applause and called me Lego Man. So, you know, what more could you want? Well, indeed. It's your superpower and super name. There we go. <laughs> so so it, was, it was just wonderful to suddenly have this, um, this you know, persona, this nickname, and um, I was sort of known entity. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and, and again, that was the point, you know, um, Christina called out, oh, Dave, you know, it's like, uh, what do you mean? Me? You actually know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, mind blown. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. And I, I've shared a few stories in the past, publicly and otherwise, with very, very similar stories with myself and my, you know, growing relationship with Lacuna Core, both as the band and as, and as the people make it up. It's a, the way they, as you said, they, they turn it around and make you feel like the special one when you're like, well, no, stop this. You're making me feel uncomfortable. You're the guys that create music that I love. Stop trying to turn this around. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but they, they have a way of making that feel so natural. So the year's not over, though, is it for you? Uh, no, no. I mean, we've uh, 
um, I suppose immediately following that um, was the actual album release. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, it was uh, shopping time. So uh, so many different versions. We said about the uh, the vinyl colours, um, yeah. and so you know the wallet came out, and um, worldwide releases don't help as well because you think, well, I know it comes from America, and I know I've got to pay thirty five pound import charge when they finally um, deign to deliver it. Yeah. Um, so it's another eight different colour vinyls. It's two t- CDs, two T shirts. You know the box sets. The Whatever, whatever was going, and uh, yeah. you can see the bank account just depleting <laughs> daily, and the manager basically crying. <laughs> oh, what a familiar story! Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. It's one of those things that I don't know. Um, if it wasn't this band, and it wasn't because of all the things you just said, I'd actually start to feel a little bit kind of this is taking a piss. <laughs> but I didn't. And I was like, yeah, I'm up for it. Sign me up. Where do I buy this stuff? Um, and again, I think it goes back to, the, it just reinforces or feels like it reinforces that fact that you just know that you're making a difference to these people. And and it's, I keep saying them, what can I do to pay you back for all these years of what you've done for me as a person? And I, and I mean that insofar as the live shows, the music, the the the, the op- welcoming with open arms, doing you know, buying the product, buying the merchandise, just for me feels like that. Yeah, take my money. Yeah, it is a no brainer. It's just absolutely no thoughts towards it. Yes, whatever it is, whatever you're putting out, sign me up for at least four versions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Have you got a favourite colour of the of the vinyl? I'm not sure if I'd ask anybody that question. <laughs> um, the pink one was quite good, actually. Yeah, I like the pink one. I, that was one I got. I don't know. I like the red one. I like, I, there's something about the red one I really like. Red, but it's because it's because um, of the cover. Um, I think I, I prefer um, the ones that perhaps I haven't got many of, like um, obviously the pink. But the mint green was uh, rather pleasant as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for me, I like. I think what I realise is that I like the album vinyl sh- colours that reflect the colour of the album. Like the the mint green inner everyone, I thought was perfect. Mm-hmm. The the kind of the orange comalized one was perfect, and therefore by the same definition, the the um, the the red black animal one. Although arguably, I suppose we should we talk about the black black animal. But phew, what's interesting about a black vinyl? Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of wish that they'd you know they had the the splatter was it was it delirium there was the the white and black splatter delirium um i really wish they did the white and black a uh, red and black splatter um uh, uh, black uh, black anima that'd be cool that'd be yeah cool. yeah but don't give them ideas because i'm out of cash now <laughs> yeah yeah but if i was to say i actually i did say to andy recently come on when are we getting unleashed memories come on yeah. come on what why is that a thorn because that feels like the only one that we've not seen right now. You know, it's, it's... they're saving themselves for um, for sort of next, maybe next touring cycle. They'll release, re-release the album and tour the whole album. How about that? Yeah, I nearly fainted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, I'm. Yeah, I, I absolutely. They need to do that, um, and I keep arguing that they need to do that. 
um, because of course it's my favourite album. It's got the, it's my first love, and as you, as we you alluded to earlier, you never forget your first love. Um, and yeah, that would be amazing if I did that. So I would be prepared to wait for a um, a repress of the Unleashed Memories vinyl if it came out at the same time as a tour or even a couple of shows, as long as they're you know geographically close by. Um, to to be able to go and see that life end to end that'd be amazing so the show itself or is there something else in this amazing year of lacuna coil that was 2019 for you that we need to talk about um well it's coming up to the to the tour now of course um it's next on the climb oh apart from bad things because they yes of course after the full album then they suddenly dropped out of nowhere um an extra track um essentially a single i suppose you'd call it yep Yep. Um, so you know, even more music, kind of stretching it out, which was was brilliant. Um, yeah, so- I love it when they do that. But I think my problem with it is, and it's, I would say it's a small problem, but it's definitely a first world problem. Is that I'm still a, a physical kind of guy, mm. uh, and you know, digital singles are well and good, but I really want something I can put on my shelf. Yeah, um, I mean, Pat may do with a t-shirt, um, yeah. which yeah. you can't play it, but at least it's a um, visual reminder of the of the track. Absolutely. But I'm I'm still holding out. Maybe they'll do a limited um, seven inch pressing or something. That would be cool. That would be cool. Well, let's say okay, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, if it, as you, as you said earlier, if they do get short of cash, maybe we should throw some ideas their way. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up for the different versions. <laughs> um, yeah, we just sort of queue outside the office and say, "We'll buy them. We'll buy them." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so right yeah. are we right up to the show finally back on to the um to the tour yeah um that's well a month away um i think by that time yeah, pretty much uh, yeah so knowing that i've got the uh it was the vip meet and greet option for the london show so obviously uh-huh. I've, I've got that in the back i'm thinking okay last time i saw them i took them uh, the, the little lego set so i'm gonna have to work my game a little bit this time um they've seen the 119 lego stage show um yep. what we do this time because it's, it's pretty much guaranteed i will build them a little lego model um to hand over when i see them um so i spent um some time um sort of uh, procrastinating and uh, playing with my bricks and mm-hmm. coming up with some concept ideas and um it was build 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 right up until the show and um, the original thought was um, to change it around a bit rather than just sort of have them on stage and you know, the, the little mini figs of them performing. Um, I'd do a, a backstage um, scene for each of them. So um, built a little uh, um, dressing room um, scenario and yeah. filled them with um, what I hoped was uh, an approximation of some of their character into it. So you've got um, Christina playing the uh, um, video games. Um, you've got Andy with his AC Milan um, shirts and uh, his skateboarding corner. And yeah. um, Mackie's got a mini kitchen that is um, doing his cooking. And uh, Of course. And all these cats dotted around. Um but then I got uh, a little bit carried away as well and thought, well, because the Black Animal artwork, it, it was um, something rather special um, as far as I'm concerned. It was a really mm. nice piece of art. Mm. It said about the story behind it 
um, the connection to um, the band and Milan itself. Yeah. There's quite a good story behind it. And it was obviously meaningful and it was quite striking um, as this emblem. I thought, well, that's got to lend itself to Lego as well. <laughs> Started yeah. tinkering around with that and ended up with this um, sizable construction. You constructed a monster. It was huge. <laughs> to get that kind of detail in, um, it had to be a certain size. Um, I tried building it mini, um, and it just didn't work. It, it really mm. it, a bit dodgy. Um, so I went um, full on and did it full. It was as big as I could dare. And um, I thought it was brilliant. It actually came out rather nice. I was quite pleased with it. And it was a decent representation of of the actual artwork. Mm. Um, and I thought, how the hell am I going to get this down to, to London? To say that? I mean, it's, it's fragile at the best of times. Yep. And I spoke to you later and said, is any of this glued together? And you looked to me like I've just committed a cardinal scene. Glue! Lego! Glue! <laughs> it's, it's just the worst thing you can ever do. Have you yeah. seen you've seen the Lego movie? I um, have indeed, yeah, many times. It's great. Out, Fraggle, the crazy glue. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that is that has such resonance in this household because they know how I feel about Fraggle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, because it was obviously there's um, such a risk of the whole thing for part. Um, and there's a, a couple of um, uh, critical joints, and I had to bite the bullet. There are a couple of super glued elements on there, and it. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. He's glued some Lego. There we go. I never thought you'd admit that, mate. It, yeah, it's it was very very difficult, um, but there was no way around it. It'll be the one and only time. We may have lost quite a few listeners just as a consequence of what you just said there, Dave. You know that, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> <laughs> But so you managed to get this huge box filled with various amazing pieces of Lego art and you got it all the way down. And then, I mean, I, I, I kind of saw it later on once you were, you, but I don't want to steal your thunder. So what happened? You, you just walked up and said, I've got Lego. Let me in. Um, pretty much. It was, <laughs> I, um, I did message the band, um, beforehand and, um, uh, again, which is which come, comes back to what we're saying about them being so um, accessible, so human, um, because they manage their own social media accounts and they will reply to you. Yes. You know, you can ask them a question they'll, they'll, and they'll say, yes, it's not their secretary. Um, you know, it, it is genuinely them and they're, they're happy to converse. Um, so I, I mentioned this. I mean, they've, they've obviously seen the, the previous models and things. So um, I've kind of got a, uh, I suppose a reputation <laughs> and um, <laughs> well earned reputation <laughs> I basically said look um, I've got some models got a present for you is there any chance I can get it into the venue so I'm not wandering around the city with it yeah um, and they were very very kind and um, tour manager um, met me and uh, and said right okay look you can set it up in the dressing room um, you know the, while they're sort of sound checking and what have you so I had um Yes, VIP treatment, early access, um, backstage tour, and um, setting up um, their, their presence for them. And um, uh, I think there was a slight crossover. It was all done, and uh, I was taken down. So I saw the end of the sound check, um, kicking around the stage for a bit. 
and I get a message from Christina. Um, she's obviously gone back up to the dressing room and, you know, found the gifts. And I just get a message from her, and it ba- it just says, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like her. <laughs> Amazing. It's worth noting, though, I think there's a, a bit you kind of missed off here, at least I, I think we should call this out. So the Kentish Town Forum dressing room, the main dressing room, is... You know, it's up in the gods. It's this, this sort of set of stairs. I've been there a few times. And they always right at the top. So you have to go out the backstage. You go through a door. You go through another door. Then you start going up this staircase, which just seems to go up and up and up. Like it's at the top of some wizard's tower. And the, the threat of losing one's life on this set of stairs, because it's sort of slick and painted and, and everything. You know, I just... I hate going up those up and down those stairs. And every time I go to the Kentish Town Forum, up and down and up and down and up and down. So the very notion of you carrying this super glued um, <laughs> uh, Lego diorama or multiple dioramas up these stairs, I could well imagine you must have reached the top and you would have been glistening with nervous sweat um, just because of how difficult it must have been. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But I mean, that was after the tube rides. Um, fair enough even more precarious (laughs) and of course she went back up to the dressing room and and sort of presented this and they saw all this stuff and yeah yeah, the whole band came up then um so i had some um what i say what i class as quality time um because you know it was a actually i don't know how long it was um it could have been 10 minutes it felt like a day yeah yeah so, you know, I was um, chatting to them, showing around, talking about, um, well, talking about everything, but obviously Lego generally. And um, it was it was just, I, I, there, aren't, there aren't words because, you know, that kind of one-on-one um, attention, I suppose. And this is what I'll come back to. They make you feel special. Mm. And I did feel like a proper um, star of the show. Mm. They, they were people who'd come to see me. Mm. which was um, a little bit, um, well, I suppose, overwhelming um, is the best word. Yeah, it can get quite emotional, I find, because they're just so, well, we've said it before, I risk of repeating myself, they do make you feel so very, very special, and that's incredible. And, you know, I can, I, I know for a fact that they were utterly blown away. Well, you, you don't need to tell you, you got a message that said, oh, my fucking God, from Greece. Um So, yeah. Um, you, and then there was a little video message, wasn't there? We want to dwell on that for a few moments. So, <laughs> are, are you prepared to say anything about the little video message? Or yes, yeah, no, that's, that's not a problem. Um, it, <laughs> it was another. I mean, bearing in mind how cheeky I'd been in the first place, basically inviting myself up to the dressing room to say, you know, admire me, I'm wonderful. Um, <laughs> love me, love my Lego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I then said, look, I've got um, Korean Andy. Um, happens to be then so look would you be so kind i know it's another big ask but um obviously i'm sort of ditching my wife again to come out she's a bit of a lacunical widow um you know the drop of the hat she gets ditched because they take priority over everything mm-hmm. um is there any chance you could just um you know send a say a quick hello or something to her to make sure you know she's not tell her she's not forgotten to really so, wind her up so yeah i'm here and you know with these lovely people and you're not (laughs) but um so so they did they obliged and it was it was just lovely they did this personal message uh, to carry so it was uh, it was very very um very lovely of them for for me uh, i had the privilege of being there when that took place and i thought it was the cherry on the cake 
worked for me. With everything that happened. I mean, I, I hadn't seen you set it up. I only found out, I can't remember why I was, was up there. I think someone mentioned that you were there. And I was like, oh, I've got to check. Because I didn't know that you were doing this stuff. And I walked in there and I saw this and I was like, I was in like, oh my fucking God, what the hell is this? This is incredible. Um, and I had to say the privilege of being there. And it was to me the cherry on the cake. Uh, the cherry on the Lacuna Cores cake and then your cake. Um, I, I've posted this before on my own Instagram and I, I, and I don't have words because you gave me some Lego as well, which I'm, I'm still utterly utterly blown away and it's it's pride of place in my man cave here and it will and it, it's at the center of my own lacuna core collection so um I, I i have no words that can express how thankful and how much i appreciate what you well again I mean, this is um i mean perhaps again you, you don't fully realize but um for us mere mortal the fans you are very much part of the band so again, why, this is why you're a minifig on the 119 trade show. I had to. <laughs> that was hilarious, by the way. Really got aside. Yeah, very much part of this family. Um, so yeah, of course, you know, you do um, all, all the, um, the the Lego sets were designed for the band, but then there's one um, a slightly different version. Obviously, you don't get your, your own dress for it. Um, yeah. but you, you did get the uh, the band in the stage gear and a sort of a simplified version of the. Uh, black anima logo yeah and it, and it is amazing mate yeah. it really is. And, and, I, and i'm going red um in embarrassment i generally am right now um because yeah it is absolutely incredible uh, and then i guess after all what, what we've said and then we have the show which almost you know compared to everything else that happened feels like the most normal part of the day to me is that we got to see lacuna Corp play a great show um full yeah. of energy and we of course we got save me as well which was yeah, I mean that was a kind of a sneak preview because obviously um, being in the venue, um, I heard the the distant sounds of them sound checking this yeah. um, when I was there. So it's like, ooh, I wonder ooh. if that's going to get dropped. Was this just like what they do in sound It's just something to to practice. Um, but is there a chance? And then of course, yeah, mm. they dropped it as a pretty much as a one-off exclusive um, for us uh, for the London show, um, which was yeah, r- uh, brilliant. That was a, an extra treat, that was. Yeah. And, of course, you were on the barrier as well. First time, yeah. Um, we don't normally do that. Um, I was fairly near the, the front um, when they played Bloodstock 2007. Yeah. Um, and so I was only a couple of rides back for that. And I did feel – I did it as an experiment, really, because um, you don't always seem to get the best view or the best sound if you're that far forward. Absolutely agree. So, so, so generally, I, stand, I tend to stay a little bit back to kind of take, soak in the whole show. You get a bit better overall um, mm. uh, uh, view and, and sound of it. But yeah, yeah. this one I thought, no, we'll, we'll go all in and we'll, we'll try it on the barrier and uh, for the whole show. And it's, it's, it's a very different experience. Yeah, it is a very different experience. I mean, obviously... Most of the Lacuna Core shows I go to these days, I'm taking photos at them. And um, if I take photos of the three songs, then there's no chance of getting on the damn barrier. There was one occasion, I think it might have been, might have been in Wolverhampton. Um, so it might have even been the, song, the, the show you were at, where a couple of fellow coilers saved me a spot on the barrier. So I did my three songs, um, ran upstairs, or I went to the, maybe the production office and dropped my camera off somewhere so it was safe. And then I kind of said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and managed to squeeze myself onto the barrier right in the middle of the, the show, which was uh, was probably the only time I've ever managed to do that. But it is very, very different. I tend to 
if I can get on the barrier, I will do so. Because even though the sound quality, as you say, is not as good, it is great to have an unobstructed view of the band. Although I do find that you don't get a sense of the energy behind you. No. Um, and if I'm not right at the front, I tend to be up by the sound desk. Because as you say, that's where the best sound's going to be. Because that's where the sound engineer has been adjusting all the sound during the sound check. Standing there going, right, it sounds like this from here. So... I tend to be either right in front of that or right behind it. Or sometimes if I, if I'm cheeky, I'll squeeze in and, you know, stand next to the sound or, or lighting engineer and go, hello, I'm here. Don't say anything to anybody. Um, so yeah, so, so save me. Um, and, um, you're on the barrier. Yeah. So, I think the, um, the decision for that was, it was really because the, the day was so different and, um, out of the ordinary, um, it wasn't a normal gig. So like you said, the whole performance almost kind of got swept under the carpet as, a, as an aside. It was um, just a, an extra part of the day rather than the part of the day, um, which was very unusual. So we thought, right, we'll, we'll go to the barrier to have this different experience. Um, and it, I think it helped because obviously we've been chatting to them, um, spoken to them quite a bit very recently before. So, you know, um, I'd like to think they still remembered who I was. So <laughs> yeah, a lot you think, yeah. I contact throughout, you know, Mackie threw me a pick and they were sort of pointing us out and basically waving, saying hello. So, you know, the acknowledgement that you're there, again, it's kind of cemented that whole um, special feeling for the day. So it, yeah. was, it was rather wonderful. Um, Song-wise, yeah, it was, apart from Save Me, I don't want to say it was run-of-the-mill because obviously it's the first time they'd talked um, any of the Black Anima songs. So yes. all of those for the first time live, um, it was all very special, but um, it went by so quickly. Um, very little, I have to be honest, very little actually stood out yep. um, as being memorable because it was the experience of the whole thing rather than taking it as, a, as I would a normal gig. Yeah, and um, I, that totally resonates with me. Uh, it's very hard for me to remember distinctly. It really has to be something really distinct. Maybe it's a consequence of having seen so many shows or it just being that's the emotional experience I'm going through. Even the 119 show for me, and I was taking photos all the way through, which I don't recommend to anybody, by the way. Um, if, if you want to remove all sense of excitement, work during a show. Um, I mean, I do love taking photos, and you know, as a consequence of taking those photos, they went into the DVD case, which is an amazing thing for me personally. Um, but w looking at a show of your favourite band through a lens and constantly thinking about getting the lighting right and getting the right angle is not the way to see a show. Um, so the 119 show, as amazing as it was, I kind of regret not being able to step back and see that because I never got to sort see the whole thing, if you see what I mean. Even all the, the um, acrobats... I, I, we, we, with the exception of the acoustic bit where it was all very focused on in the centre of the stage I never got to saw the whole thing um, and the only real standout thing for me was of course um, a current obsession opening which you know to this day still to yeah, be real song, isn't it? yeah it's my favourite song so you know that was there and even you know I have the DVD and it's not the same I've watched it many many times it's not the same as being there and yeah so um, I totally get what you mean. If you, it's really easy to to get washed away and suddenly 
an hour and 20 minutes disappears and you're like, where the hell happened there? Why, why is it the last song and why have the lights come up? I mean, this is why it's kind of, I would say, important um, to try and do more than one show um, for a band that means this much to you. Um, you can't really um, do it in one show. You know, you no. watch it, appreciate it, but then you go back to see it properly and you need to do multiples. Yeah, it sounds to me like your wife and mine can share lots of uh, Lacuna Coil Widow stories. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then just to sort of close this particular day down, it didn't even end there because, of course, someone had to go and pack up the Lego so that it could be put away afterwards. And now and our night kind of ended with, with you back in the dressing room as they're all, you know, picking up their stuff and getting ready to go to the tour bus being pretty much the last person out, you know, feeding the cat and turning the light off in, in the Kentish town forum so that you could carefully take the Lego downstairs and pack it in their tour bus. That's it. Yeah. To, um, <laughs> I think they've been poking around and I'm sure she, I'm sure Christina blamed Andy at the time. So I'm, it was something along the lines of Andy touched it. It fell apart. <laughs> so we had, we had, a little bit of a repair job. Um, and that's, that's right, yeah. I remember that. Bubble wrap. And um, there was a lot of motivational music, was there not? <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yes. I can't remember where I started. With... Down theme. <laughs> it did, sorry, what, what was that, sorry? It, it started, started with the, the countdown. <laughs> yes. Did we get Rocky? Yeah, we got yeah. Iron Tiger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think at some stage it it's might have got Benny Hill. Very um, of the gems. Yeah. Oh, oh, whilst you're repairing this thing, I apologise. I'm, I'm sure that sound it was. It was funny for me at the time, and it's probably funny for you now. But I'm sure at the time you probably would have wanted to kick me in the shins and throw my iPhone down the stairs or something. So <laughs> it did perhaps heighten the pressure of being of uh, doing this under under time constraints as well. So yeah, because of course they had to get out of there because obviously there was you know closing the place down and they had to leave. So yeah, yeah. But now and that was the end of what must have what definitely was a unique day of the Lacuna Call experience, unlike any other. Well, it was actually, um, just backtracking a little bit while we're in the um, dressing room, one thing I forgot to say, um, and I know we've gone on and on about them making you feel special as a fan, um, but I think the, um, the the absolute peak of that um, was after I'd um, given them all their individual um, sets, and obviously they were sort of looking over them, saying how wonderful they were, and thanking me. Um, a little while afterwards, they all disappeared, and um, I think Christine was having an, an interview. But then Dee Dee came back up and um, he came over to me with a, with a bottle of his uh, drink and all beer. Yeah. He says, he basically said, look, I'm really sorry, but this is all I've got to give you. And he signed this bottle. And he was basically apologising for not being good enough. <laughs> the sweetest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> that sounds like him. It was just so fantastic that it was like, you know, I've only got this. And it was like, you don't have to do that even. Just you being you. Yeah. Reward. <laughs> yeah. Just just go out there and play great music and, and do that thing. That's a reward enough for me. But no, it brings you a bottle of his beer. There you go. Signs it gives it to you. Exactly. There you go. As you say, the, the peak of all of that. So that and... Uh, is there any more to tell about? I, mean, I can see why you're still riding that wave, as you said at the beginning of this interview. Uh, wow, what a year. 
Yeah, indeed. I mean, yeah, even coming out, as you say, we were sort of last ones out of the shop and uh, closing closing doors and switching off lights as we left the venue, um, as they sort of disappeared off into the night in the tour bus. Um, the, the final thing, cherry on the cake, if you, if you will, coming out of the venue, the back door, and there were still some fans scattered around sort of waiting to catch a glimpse of them coming out the, the stage doors, I suppose, as they... Yeah. So, you know, the, the real hardcore, dedicated fans is... Yeah. Indeed. People that are wearing far more warm clothes than I ever wear because I'm I'm too old and too bored to stand out in the cold for that long. Exactly. Um, but all they get is to see you know basically me coming out and, and walking past them, and I I tried my best not to look smug. I really did, but I think I, I was just sort of uh, a, a bit too high and obvious, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, but you'd earned it. You'd earned that. You, you have a right to be to be smug, I think. It was a, a great end to a day. If it was you, I really do apologise, but I felt great. So. <laughs> there we go. You don't need to apologise. Maybe apologise to all of our listeners who are kind of going, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think we've, I mean, this has been a really good conversation and you've, I've, I've Wow, I mean, when you, like how, looking at your Lacuna Core collection for the first time, when you put all those events over 2019 in order, mm. I totally understand why it has become well, that special year, and you're still riding those at crest of that wave into 2020. Um, how the hell 2020 2021 follows up 2019? I have no idea. Although I will say, I'm now living in fear of what you're going to do. Oh well, the next the next time they hit the UK, I mean, I could just imagine you rolling up in a lorry or something. <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah, so <laughs> I'm generally worried about that now. It's it's funny you should say that because I, I have thought, you know, well, it's not going to get topped. You know, you can't better a year like that. You really can't. But um, there's there's always I'm I'm a big believer in um, having projects and always being busy. You know, mm. sort of like a great enjoyment from doing stuff. Um, so there's always something on the go. So I, I do have um, a, couple, a few ideas for um, for even topping what what I can do. What Ooh, okay. So um, they're perhaps um, longer term. Well, certainly one of them is a, is a longer term project, which has been in my mind for a few years actually. But I think I might actually knuckle down and and do something about that. Um, and um, I do have some. Um, greater aims, I suppose, that haven't achieved yet, that may be possible um, on future tours as well. Um, I think the ultimate would be if I could actually, you know, have a um, a few minutes, like do sing something with Christina. Um, oh, well, you should, you, what on stage or just generally? Oh, well, yeah, no, well, on stage would be great, but you know, not in the public realm. Um, you know, just to have that, uh, you know, if there was a like a sound check song or something like that that we could, uh, that could sort of muscle in on and say, you oh, know, right. a bit of a giggle, let's do a song. That just I think that, just that, do that, it. That would be it. Whenever when anybody ever says that I wouldn't mind or sim or something like that, I'll just say, just do it, just ask them. You know, the worst they can do is say no. That's what I say. Well, we'll get together and see if we can conspire to make that happen on next tour or something. There we go. Let's see what happens. Now that that would be good. <laughs> you know, um, do you know how long we've been talking for now? I have no no idea whatsoever. Uh, one hour and nineteen minutes. I thought I'd call that <laughs> right now. 
I'm not even joking. Really and, I've, well, and I've just looked up at the clock and said it's one hour, one hour nineteen and thirty four seconds is, is the, the actual time, which is probably a, about time we drew this conversation to a close. As amazing as it's been, Dave, and you know, you've, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people very, very jealous of, of your 2019. Uh, equally, uh, more more people than that will be blown away by your experience of Lacuna Coil and your fandom, your super fandom over the years, the amount of work and effort you've put in um, to support the band, whether it's buying eight versions of one album or, or you know, investing, no doubt, hundreds of hours in Lego dioramas and so forth. So um, this final question I have really feels sort of irrelevant given, given the story that you've just shared with us. But I'm going to ask it anyway, and I'll see if we can get a, a succinct summary of all of that. And it's really quite simple. What does being a Lacuna Core fan mean to you? Um, is it too cheesy just to say the world? <laughs> no, and I think that's a really good way to close this one down. I think that's exactly right. I think if, if I had to say what, um, if, yeah, maybe what they mean to me is um, being a, another best friend. Um, you know, their music is it's always there. Um, when you want to, when you need it, when you want to grab something, whatever emotion you need supporting, they will have music to, to relate to that. Um, and that's when you call on your mates. And so in that respect, they are another friend. So I think that's what, if I had to, to say anything, that's what they would mean. Brilliant. What a great way of putting it. What a great way of putting it, Dave. Thank you so much for that. I'll remember that for a very long time. As I think, I think that resonates with me, and I'm sure that will resonate with many, many others as well. Well, mate, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you this evening. Um, really is. This is one of the longest interviews I've ever done. Yeah, um, sorry. And it's, no, don't apologise. I think it's been amazing, and I hope everybody listening to this will can say that they've enjoyed it, enjoyed listening to your story and all of the, the, the cool things you have to say about the band as much as I have. So thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And uh, I look forward to seeing you sing a cappella with Christina very, very soon. We are on to our review as we continue our journey through Lacuna Core's album Black Anima, and we come on to the first single from the album, Layers of Time. Rush, do you want to start us? What do you think of Layers of Time? Layers of Time. Well, it's certainly one that packs a punch. Um, it's very much intertwined now, like we sort of mentioned with Reckless, because of the theme of the music video. So most of the time now when I sort of listen to this song, I do envision sort of the two of them together. And I'm very much an album person like yourself, as opposed to sort of, you know, skip and shuffle songs. Hmm. And I think the key thing for this is it's that critical punch. 
straight in after that introduction um, of the bass, the drums, and then the loud, distorted guitars. And I think it definitely set a tone for what was to come with Black Anima. Um, it's probably arguably the heaviest song on the album. I think it goes really well as a counterpunch with um, House of Shame in the live setup. And again, the thing that strikes me most about this is the lyrics again. Um, it's very, very dark. It's clearly telling a, a story. It's not a concept album per se, uh, but there's a lot of similar themes in there to do with sort of her and, and the healing and darkness. And that's why I find really intriguing about it. And, you know, the remarkable thing about Lacuna Coil is the length of time now, we're talking 20 years in, and the interplay between Christina and Andreas still, you know, at the forefront of this song. And how they deliver it is just, you know, it's top draw throughout. And the thing that strikes me most about the lyrics is predominantly the way in which Christina sort of um, switches the tone in which she delivers it between sort of singing and not spoken word, but she certainly sort of changes the, the tone and the tempo in the way that she delivers it, which I don't think is something that's been sort of seen before. And it's definitely one of the heavier songs. I think it's certainly written for the purposes of playing live. Um, and the, my favourite sort of part about the song is definitely the thunderous bass and the drums, which is sort of a, a signature sound of, of Latter Day Lacuna. So that's sort of um, my summation of it, in, in, in a way. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. So I think you've, you've really captured the heart of the song very, very well. I mean, as you say, it packs a bit of a punch. It opens heavily. Um, you've got the a song which I think the first time you listen to it for for quite a lot of the way you kind of expecting to be an almost a holy andrea song because there's a lot in that first chorus that he covers in terms of the lyrics and and so forth and then of course you've got christina coming in for the um layers of time we take a chance again or you know that that part of it the, the, the uh and then you've got the 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 return to the second chorus and then you've got the heaviness from andrea um and then you've got the bit that you refer to the sort of the talking part which is you say we've not done before which i just i love this bit and i love the way that Christina's voice ties in with that build-up again every time. It, it always catches me when she gets the the second or third time through the twisting, turning through the baptism of fire, burning angels falling through the spiral, and then you get that the the bass comes in and it picks up and picks up and builds and builds and builds once more. And I just love that. I, I just it gets me every single time. Um, it's a real kind of musical. I wouldn't describe it as the musical hook per se. But that kind of uh, is clearly, you know, a, a a bridge, as it were. But it builds up, and, and it's it kind of feels almost comfortable and almost predictable. But you know, when it, it hits you, and it, and it you know, hits you time and time again, I love it. Um, lyrically, as you say, it's quite dark. I I like it because of it is that very personal reflection on on things that have taken place in the past. Um, and how we reflect on those things um, it's almost in, in you know the context of the song it feels like that baptism of fire that burning angels through the spiral of time feels like you're kind of bringing yourself it's dragging you forward or it's, it's being dragged through it's like you're bringing memories from the past the good and the bad things um, you're bringing forward and I, I think that's quite um, quite compelling uh, it's also it's a lot of poetry in there. They've sort of woven a lot of that through the song, which I really like. Um, musically, I think it's it does as you say, it packs a punch. It's consistent all the way through. 
Um, and then you've got that build up again towards the end. So it sort of, you've got the refrain and it breaks. There's almost a pause and then it sort of bursts forth into, into the return in that final um, chorus. Very, very well structured song. Kind of predictable insofar that it's a comfortable song the way you've got your you know you, you've got your opening you've got your 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 verses your chorus your open your verses your break your frame your return it's got that kind of well well constructed um template shall we say and yet it's it's delivered with a you know it's really polished um and as you said russ the the voices christina and andrea's really like they've done like you know it's just you know, the foundation the vocal foundation of lacuna core but the, the maturity in how they do it comes across here we don't get in a, really get any harmony but we definitely get the the beauty in the beast lyric as it's been called caused um, caused has as it has been called before and actually no more is it ever i think it's never ever been delivered better than it is in layers of time so yeah it's a it's a cracker of a song a cracker of a song and you can understand why they made it the first single from the album can't you because it's like much like as you said house of shame it's boom it's in your face and i think after delirium had they opened up so say they'd released um even reckless which is a slower song but certainly if they'd released save me first i think that would have confused the fan base somewhat mm. i think people were expecting uh lacuna core to remain maintain the the heaviness that they'd delivered in their last album so you needed a heavy hitting song for that first single just to reinforce that point and kind of give people confidence that they were moving in the direction that they said they were going to move in so it's no surprise that layers of time is that first single yeah cracker what would you give it in terms of a score mate this is a barnstorming nine out of ten for me nine out of ten yeah i think i'm gonna go with nine out of ten i was debating nine or 9.5 um i think there are others that are slightly better but not quite perfect so i'm kind of keeping that i'm keeping the 9.5 for those songs uh but yeah this is definitely up there definitely a nine out of ten song you know at least i'm sure people would debate a few points either way i'm sure for some people it's a 10 out of 10 and others not so much but yeah definitely give you there nine out of ten for layers of time good job Right, that brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. We've missed Mike. Uh, Mike, come back to us. All is forgiven. He's probably off eating someone, like we keep saying. He keeps saying he bites people. Or something. He doesn't really bite people. At least I've never seen any evidence of it. He's anyway. Like smashing kegs with Slipknot. That's what he's doing. He's having a way with the time. Smashing kegs with Slipknot. Everyone needs a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, thank you again today for spending quite a lot of his time to tell us about his amazing 2019 um, it was a, a real pleasure talking to you, Dave, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon, either online, on social media, or, or hopefully at a concert. And uh, keep working on the Le- Lego, because seriously, it is quite incredible um, what he manages to do. And it blew my mind when I saw it. Absolutely outstanding. As for me, I've got a busy week ahead of me, mostly work, uh, but I'll certainly be taking time either in the car or on the commute 
to listening to more Lacuna Coil. How about you, Russ? You got anything planned? Um, no, I have a journey back to work tomorrow, and I might just stick the jukebox onto uh, of all things Black Anima. So we'll see how that goes in the morning. <laughs> Good choice, mate. Good choice. All right, everybody. Well, um, have great weeks wherever you are. Don't forget, Sunday is the 19th of January, which, of course, makes it 119 day. So we look forward to seeing you, seeing how you're um, enjoying the day, sharing your uh, Lacuna Coil field days, whether that's uh, watching DVDs or um, listening to the music or hosting listening parties, whatever it might be. Uh, if you want to share pictures of tattoos and artwork please do you can do that all on our facebook page uh look forward to it or of course on twitter as well um we look forward to um hearing from you um no doubt on our discord channel we'll also be talking about 119 day and if you want to catch up with us and have a bit of a live chat i'll be around all day sunday um looking forward to, to speaking to you all anyway that's it for now speak to you very soon take care, everybody goodbye cheers guys